strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Today, we are going over embracing the mundane. Obviously, with the last dance, pretty much the only sports action going on right now. It's been awesome showcasing the greatness of Michael Jordan for everybody to see. Uh, I grew up a huge fan of Michael Jordan myself. But unless you were like really neck deep in that Bulls dynasty run, I think it's cool to see this on top of the fact Michael Jordan just shooting the shit is really cool because that guy is such a mystery, man. He's not somebody that really gives anybody the time of day. That's been part of what separated him, I think, over the years as an athlete. And I'm excited this podcast episode because we don't have a book to review. We don't have a guest. It's just us diving into our business, the pandemic, and the last dance, I think we could take a lot from. I'm pumped to talk to you guys more about that. It's starting to heat up. It was cool seeing that Knicks rivalry. I completely forgot the Knicks were up 2-0 in that 93 series. That I that was like the first year I actually was like an avid sports fan when I was seven. And that was the first year I remember being like really into that playoffs. And I wasn't a Knicks fan because of my Uncle Al, who was, you know, he was my idol growing up living in Chicago, I gravitated to the Bulls. So that was really cool to see. Uh, and yeah, before we dive into all that though, guys, you know, got to touch on a little bit of food. What's going on, Dan, South Carolina status? Any updates on some good goodies? Not really. I mean, yesterday I actually just did a ton of cooking. I... um Started off by making a ton of pancakes, and then I made the Jeff Roland cutlets, killed the cutlets, and wow. made a bunch of pasta, lobster, uh, made this Hello Fish. I literally ate so much food yesterday. It was insane. I yeah, feel great. Hello Fresh is one of our sponsors on this podcast. I just keep <laughs> subtly throwing them in. Clean, bro. And then I went on a six-mile run today, dude. Like, it was nothing. Wow. I took off today from working out. I needed it. I've been going way too hard in the paint. Yeah, it's a good move. I took yesterday off and much needed. Yeah, you got to give your body a rest sometimes. There was this stretch where I was so worried about getting corona that I think I psyched myself out, where I was just so relentlessly been like, oh, I'm (laughs) so crazy. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to get sick. And I, I think I just overkilled it. To the point where when I hit Corey up a couple of weeks ago, worrying I might be coming down with that. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, Mike, take a breath. You're fine. And, <laughs> you know, since then I've had to pace myself a bit. <laughs> I, I love that. Mike talked himself out of having Corona. And he Dude, beat I, it. I, I think I did. <laughs> I looked myself in the mirror like the night I thought I was really, I was like, this is not fucking happening right now. And <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I would look up that doctor's breathing. I'm sure I was completely fine and I was psyched out from leg cramps or whatever, but there was an inkling of a brief second there. I was a little concerned, but (laughs) luckily we're all good. 
I still do that Stanford study like at least 18 times a day or I'll hold my breath and count to 10 just to see if I, I don't even know if that's still legit or if it got discontinued along with everything else, but I do that constantly. Wow. How's yeah. it going? I mean, I'm still, I'm still Corona free over oh, here. Wow. Knock on wood. So again, you said you were whipping up everything from lobster to how did you make lobster from HelloFresh? I didn't know that they were. No, no, no. no HelloFresh didn't send the lobster. HelloFresh sends very specific meals that you could pick out. And then they give you the recipes. They send you the ingredients. And I made that, but also got lobster from the grocery store, just two tails of it and made the lobster, made a bunch of garlic bread. And this was like shortly after making the cutlets which I kind of made because I had gotten the chicken a couple of days ago and they needed to be made, but I, I've, I've been eating them all day. I, I have not had the cutlets, the Corey or Jeff or Dan for that matter now in months. <laughs> yeah, I've been making yeah, a lot of those too. They're just so easy yeah. to whip up and crank out and you know keep them in the fridge and just pop them in whenever. Dude, I it's, could eat cutlets yeah. and dumplings every day and I'd be fine. Like I would, yeah. that's all I need. Yeah, and then exactly. Danny's been like on Friday. I, so there's this like friend she has that lives in Texas that started during the pandemic just for fun making these really exotic, unusual cookies, and she would sell them to her friends like six cookies for like 120 bucks, and people were buying them like crazy, like really, really unique cookies. And then she stopped because she just wasn't actually trying to start business out of it. She was more so just doing it for fun. But now Danny on Fridays has been making these recipes and these cookies are insane. Like last week it was these like, it was like a sugar cookie with a vanilla Oreo in the middle of the sugar cookies. And then this week it was like cookies with the trick cereal inside. Oh. And it, it's insane. I've been eating like, Man, a, I've been eating all these, been eating a lot of cookies. <laughs> Shock. Yeah, so Sweet Tooth Dan is at it hard lately, He's like more than back. ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually picked up a little Sweet Tooth Dan tendency myself the last few weeks. I've definitely occasionally indulged in a by Chloe, those chocolate chip cookies. They started giving them to me for free. You order a salad trying to be healthy, and then it's like, oh, Dan's in the bag here. Just like <laughs> with me. It's like, oh, here's a free cookie. And of course, I'm eating it, which is ridiculous. Jeff Jeff Dorman wants a link for the cookies, Dan. Jeff's gonna have to, Girl Scout cookies right now. I'm gonna have to get back to him on that. I don't think she was shipping them though. I think she was just doing this locally in Texas. Now I was telling Danny, like, yeah, we kind of got to take over. And I, I think we should Odell. Maybe we should start having Danny creating like packages for these dorm kids for the freshmen. Have the parents buy them. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, we'll get back to you with the uh, with the link to the cookies. <laughs> the link will come. Is a huge fan of dog cookies. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, what a great action shot, Jeff! Got a Shelly sleeping the other day with the teeth out. Something <laughs> <laughs> else, man. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, me food wise for myself, I have been last night. I went hard on chicken soup dumplings. I also got some unagi don, which for our listeners, if you're not a Japanese person, or for that matter, you don't really dabble in Japanese cuisine, unagi don is eel. So it's barbecued eel over rice with egg in it. Phenomenal. Like talk about just a dish I can eat multiple times a week, like dumplings. So that was a great combo. And then I ended up going, getting some hummus, crackers, and cheese 
uh, and a, a perfect bar. And those gluten-free bites that Jeff turned me on to that I, when we were in Vegas last at the airport. So I, I've been going to town on those and uh, I'm back to intermittent fasting though. I don't, I have not eaten today. I have no idea what I'm eating tonight, but I do not have any inkling of wanting to cook. Like that's not even like creeping on my radar at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't blame you there. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, see that ever happening where I wake up one day like, ah, I like onions or I want to cook. I, I don't see I, it. I've kind of grown to really enjoy cooking since being here. I don't know if it's just because I'm doing it a lot and it's like a different thing in the day. I can kind of look forward to at some point where it's like, oh, I'm going to go and like cook now and spend the next 45 time, minutes. Like, yeah, yeah I, it does for sure. I enjoy I cooking. I just so often. It's just the dishes, doing the dishes after cooking is the worst. Just, I, that's why, that's one of the main reasons I don't cook, Corey. Like I hate cleaning as it is. So for me to make a mess on top of what I already do create, it's a disaster. Like I know yeah. what I'm and it's not anywhere good. I was just going to say, I might just go all paper plates and paper cups and all, all plastic <laughs> utensils. I literally, my, and my dishwasher sucks. So like, it's just, everything stacks up high in my sink. It's gross. And if you don't do the dishes right away, you know, you have a lazy night, cook late, you don't feel like doing the dishes. Then the next day you wake up uh, and it's, I hate it. Worst so. nightmare for me. Literally Paul's place doesn't have a dishwasher. It's reiterated the fact more of why I love delivery. Cause the couple of times I've dabbled with thinking I'm going to whip some stuff up. I'm like, Oh man. And then it's like an hour of just scrubbing and I'm a terrible cleaner. Yeah, it's me too. One of those kids that's like, Oh yeah. I'll get this styled in in 10 minutes. I'm not good at cleaning. So when I think I've cleaned up, it's not even a good job. So I've, I've learned, I'm I already got paper plates last week, finally. And I've given up on the whole dishes. stuff. So now I'm just full mode delivery. Once I find a serious girlfriend, that's a chef, like our buddy Satch from the uh, birthright trip, that kid did it right. He has a girlfriend that has a chef background. This girl is a phenomenal cook. And I don't, obviously he didn't plan that, but talk about a genius tactic. If, if I could make that happen, like I was joking around with the owner of Mimi Chang's because she's been helping with this volunteering. And I'm like, Marion, can you be my on-demand dumpling chef? Let's get something brewing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also you kind of have been avoiding the crowds by not having to go to grocery stores because you're getting delivery. So it's actually the healthiest. Store. Every morning not- I get a coffee. So that completely yeah. defeated the purpose. Oh, you have? See, I've also grown to, here's the thing, I've grown to enjoy making coffee. But I've been making the shittiest pots of pot coffee. Like out of the last two months that this has started, because I have like that Mr. Coffee coffee maker and I keep trying to like get different beans or whatever. I had one really good pot of coffee. We don't have like, a coffee shop there. I feel like you'd want to. They're they're. There is. I've just been like, I, I haven't been doing all that because I've been like, oh, that's just something I could do at home. Where obviously, because of the whole Rona shit, I've been trying to not go out as much. So I, I've like not been going to a local coffee shop because normally I would go to like just hang out there and do some work out of there. I've been making coffee and it's like the shittiest coffee ever. And I'll drink like eight cups of it a day. It's awful. Yeah, I do the same thing. I enjoy making it, <laughs> I enjoy like the fresh smell of coffee in the morning. It's great. It's just, I, I can't get the ratios down right. Like, Me I don't know. That, that's my biggest problem, I think. I'm getting good coffee. I just, the ratio just doesn't work for me. It says like 
I'm doing exactly what it says, and it just comes out shitty every time. I thought <laughs> it's crazy. In Belize, I feel like we've been on this hunt for coffee that doesn't exist. Is the reality like we went yeah. that and those Guatemalan beans we brought back? We got to get another trip on the books out there so we can bring some back. Seriously, yeah, those are the fresh beans that we had to grind up and then do it. Yeah, those are awesome. Last a week, Corey. Yeah, that's like a week, ten days. Yeah, yeah. Max. it reminds me of the curb episode where Larry is just you know Larry, latte Larry is hunt for the beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a great yeah, season. Lots of yeah, that, that is great. So what did you guys, the last dance, I uh, wanted to gather your thoughts were six episodes through the 10. It seems like it's starting to me. This was my favorite two episodes so far, personally. Same, same here. It just felt way more organized and not all over the place with the actual narrative and timeline. Yeah. And I realized that the timeline it's just, it's just building up. Like obviously the, you know, it's about the 97, 98 bulls and Michael Jordan, but it's about all the things that led up to that season. So I, I kind of get now why they're hopping back and showing you all these things in 91 and 92 and just form, you know, things that were just brewing up until that year. I just love seeing BJ Armstrong. I was waiting to see that guy on camera. He had the coolest name I thought back in the day. Cause I remember those stretch Armstrong toys. Yeah, of course. Those were really popular when he was in his heyday. Like they started popping and I always associated BJ Armstrong with stretch Armstrong. <laughs> so it was a fun memory seeing him on camera. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that guy in the flesh since I was like six. He actually had my favorite story of the documentary when he was talking about uh, the Bulls playing poker on the plane and, you know, Michael Jordan playing high stakes in the back with Pippen and all the guys. And then BJ Armstrong's playing dollar hands in the front and Jordan comes in the front and joins in. And BJ is like, why would you want to play? Oh, know, with Don Jackson and those guys. Yeah. He's like, why would yeah. you want to play dollar hands? And Jordan's like, I just want your money in my pocket. <laughs> it really was awesome seeing like, I love Jordan's competitive fire in a way where it's like, he doesn't even, it's like no joking around. Even when, the security guys, like that one guy beat him in that coin toss. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yep. he was legit pissed. Yeah. Like he wanted that guy to stick around until he beat him. And he's yeah. like, oh, go do security now. And it was like everyone was joking, but he really wasn't. <laughs> but you could tell he was like, no. aha, but seriously, I want to beat you. Yeah, he was just so competitive in every single thing he did. I just love that though, because it just shows it's it had nothing to do with anything. Obviously, he loved winning championships, but that process of just wanting to compete. Jordan was a competitor and you could tell when they were worried, like, Oh, did you gamble on anything else? He's like, dude, I bet on myself. And you could tell he was like, I bet on golf. I bet on cards. Of course I wasn't betting on like Pete Rose type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was so, totally yeah. picture, like the call that commissioner probably had with Jordan when he said, I like, got a call about the gambling thing. It was probably so. Cause at that point, Jordan was like already the poster boy, of the NBA time a million. Yeah. It was probably such a like, Hey Michael, like, you know, I kind of have to do this like for protocol purposes. So let's just like get this over with. I get, I bet that, that was like the stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I guarantee you that call was like, maybe didn't even happen. Like there was yeah, no call. I mean, Michael Jordan made basketball best. Yeah. Wasn't he also, Major career, so it's like that yeah, guy exactly. hard ass. Except when it came to Michael Jordan, it kind of reminds me of Bill Parcells. Except when it comes to Lawrence Taylor, there's no exceptions except when there are exceptions. The once in a lifetime type of dude in sports, and they yeah. get treated differently as they should. Yep. Yeah. 
I loved the whole dream team, like everything about that when they were showing that, like against like Tony Kukos and just yeah, like man. the way they demoralized that guy. And then he came back Dude. and dominated. And Jordan went to the locker room and was like, Yeah, he's tougher than we thought, guys. And, and just then, and then he I, helped them win. I mean, he was a beast on the Bulls, Tony Kukoc. He was, yeah, he was great. That. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Jerry Cross said he was the future of the Bulls. Not quite, but he's definitely a great piece. <laughs> Yeah, it was just so wild back then how that stuff was just so different where you would never see that in today's game ever. The whole, you, all that stuff it happens behind closed doors shadily. Back then it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I want Tony Kukoc around. I'm going to work out a deal with him before Pippen, like in your face too. That would never happen now. I mean, that guy is just such a dick, Jerry Krause. He's the worst. I yeah. also thought it was like pretty interesting seeing like the locker room scenarios behind the scenes. Like you saw Jordan lace up his own shoes. That would never happen in today's day and age. You have like five different trainers and people on each team doing everything for every single player. Like the players now are so like coddled and everyone holds their hands. And meanwhile, Jordan's the best player. And they're showing from 1998, a clip of him tying his own shoes. And I was just like, that would never happen these days. And they also didn't take care of themselves physically the same way. Like Jordan, one of the remarkable things to me about his feats as an athlete, the guy did not like, when you look at a LeBron James, like Chris Miller brought this up a few, you know, when we had him on the notion of recovery is a major part of winning for these athletes. It's part of the game. Michael Jordan doesn't have recovery in his verbiage. When you think about that guy, he would be on the golf course playing 48 holes, exhausting himself before a playoff game. Like it wasn't like this guy was just like, I have an off switch. He only had an on switch. There was no off with him. When he was awake, he was on like nonstop. And it was wild, like going to Atlantic City before that big Knicks playoff. Yeah. Game. You would never see that. Like I got yeah. the whole Odell Beckham thing with the playoffs a few years ago where the team went down to Florida. It was a whole to do. That was the week of before. Right. Now, this was like day. today's day and age and a pro athlete going to Vegas the night before a big game. Think about yeah. it. LeBron did that. Yeah, no, I mean, it would obviously the media would eat that up. I mean, now you just can't do anything because of social media and the 24 hour media cycle. Everything's just reported. And that, that's the only thing I give LeBron James and the players now credit for is dealing with what Michael Jordan kind of went through with the whole publicity thing and the media being everywhere. But now players today are dealing with that times two with social media and, you know, everything just getting reported. I, like, I feel like, Corey, it has its ups and downs, right? Because on the pl- on the plus side, you have way more opportunities to make money than ever before. Right. As Absolutely. A but on the other end, there's no privacy. So you ask yourself if, like, you would almost think if you're a LeBron James, you would prefer it to be like back in the day because you're going to make your money anyway. Obviously, sure, like at some point, what's a billion and a half versus a billion point six? The reality is he would have made his cash, but I, I definitely think a lot of these guys would prefer their privacy if they had it. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, that was just so sh- – I mean, like you knew it was happening, but it was still so shocking to see firsthand on video, uh, you know, when he left the hotel and there's just people crowded up all along the hotel and then everywhere he went, they just followed him. I don't think people give, I don't think people understand when they think like, Oh, I wish I was famous. It's like, no, you don't. You don't like that's not, it's a, one of those things you don't, the amount of energy. I mean, you've seen it on small scales. Like when you're on like Corey, a small scale thing of this, when we've done like 
the dance marathon events or like major things where yeah. it's draining. And when you think about that, that's a lifestyle 24 seven for these people. They don't, it's like, unless they're literally at home chilling, a Michael Jordan, how draining must that be being a circus around you 24 seven? Ah, seriously, they're probably all loving this quarantine. It's like, wow, not only can they actually relax, but for one time, there's no media just up oh. in their face. Dude, they, <laughs> this is a huge vacation for celebrities. Uh, it's crazy. I'm sure some of them hate it because of being megalomaniacs. And that's what drives certain people in that realm. But I think a lot of athletes much prefer the money to the fame and the embracing the art of the game. When it gets to all this other stuff, like Marshawn Lynch is a prime example. Ed. He hates the media. That yeah. guy's a baller. He just wants to be grinding. But yeah, like even Jordan said, you know, like when it was, they were talking about the um, the campaign in North Carolina with the guy running for mayor, he was just like, I don't know anything about politics. I'm, I'm just a basketball player. I like, respected I that so much. I love that sure. Jordan personally didn't get involved in politics. And he said, he's like, I, I'm a basketball player. My focus is on the game. I'm not exactly. having my brain go off on some politics. And the thing I respected with Jordan about that, he knew his bandwidth. If he was going to be the best of the best, it was all in on that one thing. Yeah, I, I think that's something we could take from this, guys, that we've seen even talking about Kobe after his tragic death. He obviously, and you saw it in this, Kobe copied Michael Jordan. And it, either way, though, those guys, they embraced the process, felt falling in love with the mundane. Michael Jordan, I mean, everything to him, I think, was a competition, no matter what, mostly with himself, where I think every day it was almost like, uh, and the art of just the lifestyle of being great and where it's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be better than this yesterday's Michael. I'm going to be better today. And you, it, that's just not for everybody. It's not for most people. And it, it's a tough way to live really. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was a great documentary and definitely it's getting better and better. I'm excited to see how it, how it ends and you know, everything comes to fruition, but really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys said this when I was logged off, but like about the media thing. I mean, I, I when I was watching, I couldn't even imagine like if LeBron did the same shit that Jordan did in terms of like the gambling and like you were bringing up with the golf and just like having beers in front of the camera after games and things like that. They, the times have just changed so much. A lot of yeah. that's probably because of social media. But yeah. it, it was, I think it's all actually because of social media. I mean, yeah, like I people, you sacrifice privacy for way more endorsements when you think about it back then those guys didn't have the opportunities the lebron james of the world have now but they had a life so you ask yourself there's obviously a balance there but no doubt a lot of these guys sure they love the fame and spurts but it's draining i was going over this when you cut out the notion where people don't give celebrities enough credit and when they're like oh i wish i was famous it's like no you don't because it's non-stop draining like yeah. your life is being surrounded by people nonstop. And it, that's exhausting. There's only few amount of people. There's few people built for a celebrity. Donald like, Trump's one of the, the Donald, Donald Trump, I think Kim Kardashian, and like a few of those people just like, they're, they love it. That's, I think you are somewhat sick in the head to actually, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like to no, actually yeah. love, love that. You have to. Yeah. Like, I mean, who, because I remember talking to Jake Udell about this. When we were at one of his shows like a couple of years back, he's like, man, I love people. But he's like, this stuff, it's so draining when you're not like around people you know really well. 
just like for extended periods of time. And just imagine that at another level though, where everyone yeah. knows who you are by just looking at you. I know. So, it's Jordan, when was the last time that guy in his life could remember walking down, even to this day, he still yeah. has that look. Like that's not a guy that can go anywhere unless no. he's on a remote island to not be yeah. He's got a whole gray goatee thing under his lip. I mean, I guess he's definitely got himself back in shape. He went through a stretch. You could tell. Like he went through a stretch where he was getting a bit <laughs> fat and retired, just happy. I get it. But you could tell the last few years, it seems like he, uh, I remember so, he was yeah. about trying to make a comeback, like as a rumor joke. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, seems like he's keeping himself in shape. I mean, there's no doubt Jordan is like at this point and huge golfer and a huge fisherman, which are like two things that require you to, you know, you're burning a lot of calories if you're doing either. I heard that uh, Ricky Fowler was saying how like the number one thing he does to get ready for majors is go and play with Ty or to go and play with Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan will bet any amount of money you're down to bet. And so Ricky would literally say, like, I'll bet amount of money that like eventually makes me feel uncomfortable. And then I'm training for a major. That's so awesome. I like go and play Mike. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's a really <laughs> cool way to think about that. The pressure he has to be in major type of mode. It's almost like teams like cranking up the volume at practice before a big game on the road. That's cool that that's an analogy he used. It's like, Oh, let me just bet Michael Jordan a ton of money. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like built up. Wow, for sure, it's wild to think about that. Michael Jordan definitely has lost so much money gambling over the years. But the thing is, he's and that's part of why, like Charles. It's funny to me, Charles Barkley. Like, yeah, they had a falling out. The reality is, Charles Barkley couldn't afford to hang out with Michael Jordan anymore. He had a gambling (laughs) problem. Michael Jordan can't have a gambling problem. He's a gambler, but he's Michael Jordan, so he's a guy that can just spend endless cash. Keep recouping money by he turned down a hundred million dollar show up for something. So yeah, I mean, come on, it, well, That's it's crazy that his net earnings in the NBA were ninety three million. Like we were talking about last week, Pippins were like one hundred nine. So Pippin actually made more than Jordan, and yeah, Jordan's obviously the Nike contract, and Eric Jordan just forever. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, how cool. The last night, that whole thing with Reebok with the Dream Team. Yeah. Or, oh, that was awesome. With the flag, that I was, was just going to say that. It was that harder was so even bad. back then thinking about like the branding wars. Like we always hear those business wars podcasts, and yeah. it's yeah. that next level where Jordan was like, "Oh fuck this, I'm a Nike guy," and he yeah. like dedicated to that, where he's like, "Oh, we're we're figuring this out," and it was competition against the guy that tried one upping. You heard him in the car, like, ah, screw that guy. Wait till he sees yeah. what's coming. Everything with him, he had to win. He had to have that edge. Yeah, yeah. Phil Knight was very, very lucky to have Jordan in his back pocket and probably didn't realize to what extent he really, like, who he really had in his back pocket when he signed him. Oh, they went over like that whole. That, yeah, yeah without that, he got very, yeah. he didn't know Jordan was going to be heir of Jordan. Like, he knew he was going to be great, but that took on a life of its own. Yeah, because he sure. was the third third pick in the draft. They didn't know he was going to be Michael Jordan. Nobody did. I mean, everyone yeah. knew he was going to be great, but you know what does that mean? Like, there was yeah. no way to predict that. But it's cool. I didn't realize yeah. that was his like rookie con- like he signed going into the NBA. I thought it was like a few years in, so I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. That with Nike. Yeah, yeah, it's cool looking back at those days. It's just to me like that was the best era of basketball. 
like by the hundred percent. And when they were going over the when they're going over the dream team and they're just showing like Reggie Miller and David Robinson, Dikembe Mutombo, all those guys, Grant Hill. It was never better. That was the best. And it's just went downhill since. <laughs> For me, Carl Malone might be the most underrated player of all time just because he played in his prime with Jordan. And when he, that guy was around any other time, he would have won four or five championships. Without a doubt. One of the I mean, best players of all time, hands down. I, yeah. I loved Carl Malone as a player. I hated him as a fan. But it's just one of those beasts. I'd like to hear more from Carl Malone. He's been off the grid. Yeah. How bad, I felt bad for Charles Barkley when he was like, after that game, he was like, you know, that was the first time in my life I realized that like someone's actually just better than me at basketball. And then what was great is the very next game, he's commentating and he was like, I wasn't going to let my team lose. <laughs> that was after he had lost the game before because Jordan was better than him. And he was just like, yeah, he's just better than me. That was uh, Charles Barkley, the fucking man. He cracked so me up. Cool. And it was great when Ewing showed up in the locker room and Jordan was just giving him shit about kicking his ass all the time. And you could tell Ewing hated it. Like, it was just, yeah. get out of here, man. Because it was the same with Ewing. I mean, as soon as Jordan started went to play baseball, the next year, 94, the Knicks went to the finals. And yep. then as soon as Jordan retired, 99, the Knicks went to the finals. Like, they, they, Jordan was in his way every single year. There were a lot of guys that were prevented titles due to Michael Jordan, no doubt about it. Ewing and Malone were two victims of that big time. Yeah, Ewing, Malone, Reggie Miller. Yep. Hey. I should, like, I was just thinking, like, you didn't know at the time. I know you guys were way more into it then than I even was. But, like, when you watch that whole part where the Knicks are about to play the Bulls in the finals, it's like the 90s, New York versus Chicago. That just doesn't exist. And, like, finals, yeah. And the way people dressed and like hearing the fans, it was just like it brings you back when like the way the cameras were, everything about it. Spike Lee, like that, you can't beat that. Like those guys were in their like prime primes, you know. Yeah, yeah Jerry Seinfeld going down and being yeah. in like the locker room with Jordan. And you and all can tell Jordan loved seeing Seinfeld too. That I thought kick out of that. Yeah, I've never seen like a celebrity as big as Jerry Seinfeld be so starstruck. Then, like in that locker room, he was just like amazing. He didn't say anything. He was just like, "Wow!" But and you can tell it was interesting. Jordan was also somewhat starstruck by Seinfeld in a way. What not starstruck, but like very. He had respect for him. You could tell. Oh "Oh, man, Seinfeld. He's like, yeah. All the guys are watching it. (laughs) Joe in the nineties versus top team in the nineties. So that was it. Was interesting how he broke that down. No, I'm it's glad a, you just brought that up, Corey. It was definitely like, wow, like Jordan, you're like singing hardcore praises right now to Seinfeld. <laughs> like he walked in and the first thing he says is like, whoa, like these guys watch you like during their breaks, almost like he felt the need to jazz up Seinfeld right when we met him. <laughs> he was trying yep. to figure out a way to compliment him. That says a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah, Seinfeld's a beast in his own right. He's on that level in a different way when you think about it. He's another guy. I, he's not Michael Jordan, obviously, but it's, uh, Jerry Seinfeld has that type of brand that goes a long way, goes very big time. So, yeah, I mean, guys, I guess that's really all I have on the last dance personally. Um, did you guys want to talk about diving the current events a bit here? Did you guys see, uh, a woman got killed and eaten by an alligator in Kewa Island, which is like right where I live yesterday. Oh boy. I did it. That's crazy. Days ago. 
dude, it's crazy. And this is like, so I was reading up on it, and apparently this woman, like her friend, saw it happen, and her friend was like yelling at her to not go closer to the alligator. Like this girl saw the alligator; she was trying to get close to it. So she gets within four feet of it. And it was at her friend's house and her friend was like, yo, like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like yelling at her, yelling at her. And then the alligator comes, grabs the girl. The husband tried to like hit it over the head with the shovel. Unsuccessful. The alligator pulls her in underwater. Cops come. This is the part that's like eerie. At some point while the cops were there, they saw the alligator and the girl surface and then go back down. And they ended up being able to get the body back and they killed the alligator, but the girl was dead. Jesus, yeah. kind of I mean, that's how stupid are you? I, I don't. It's fucked up. They killed the alligator. They should have let the alligator live. That girl yeah, that, asked for it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh look, it's an alligator. It's like, what is that? Someone that just has zero intelligence? Like, I wonder, or is that a suicidal thing? Maybe. Like, what is that? You know, when you really break something like that down, it's her friends like, yo, get away from there. Oh, it's like not a dog. Yeah. Plus, like your French, your French shouldn't have to tell you to get away from an alligator. Like you should have no, the common exactly. sense. It's not like, oh, that dog's vicious, man. Like he might bite. It's like, no, no, no. This is not like a what if scenario. Like I will say that it is like a natural tendency when you see something like that to want to get close to it, as close as you feel like you could possibly get before you're possibly doing something. But yeah, that's okay. that's the indicator there. That common sense line of. For sure. There is a fine line of being 10 feet away and then four feet away. Yeah, it's four like how feet away, you're, you're in striking range. Yeah. I it's mean, probably yeah. Like, was it like reported that this person was trying to do like something on Instagram or social media and like wanted a taking a video or something? Or is she just. I think she was like a 59 year old woman who just like liked animals and just like wanted to see oh, it up close. Yeah, I don't think she was like trying to get a video of it or anything. True. But. Yeah, she probably just felt like, I mean, to be honest, alligators are everywhere out here. And I don't know how big this one was, but when you see it, you're just like, whatever, there's an alligator. At this point, I've been out here for only two months, and that's how I feel now when I see an alligator. I'm like, oh, there's an, actually, I'm lying. It's still cool as shit every time yeah, I see an alligator. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a damn dinosaur. <laughs> they're, they're awesome to see. Yeah. I, I see where that girl's coming from. I've seen a lot of small alligators that I don't think necessarily have the damage to kill a person. I don't know. I wouldn't test it, but there's obviously really big ones too. Yeah. That's you know, it's crazy. That. It's just like I, I, that woman, like what, when you have no common sense like that, it's you're a walking time bomb. Yeah. It's hard Seriously. to feel bad for her. Yeah. It, it really is. What's yeah. funny is I was, uh, when I was reading about it two days ago, there was like this thing below it. That was talking about how this woman bought an alligator 25 years ago at a flea market in Ohio and like grew the thing, fed it. And eventually, I guess, like the cops got a tip on it and they came and like confiscated the alligator. This girl was just had a pet alligator in Ohio for 25 years. Isn't that, that crazy? Sounds like, uh, that is nuts. It sounds like Tiger Joe King. Exotic. Yeah. yeah. Start, start it. It's crazy. I mean, dude, yeah. I wonder how many exotic animals people have as pets in the United States. I bet there's like hundreds of thousands or maybe not, maybe tens of thousands of like ridiculous animals that people have as pets where yeah, we'd be like, wait, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that in your house? What the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like there were so, a couple kids we grew up with, like that definitely had those tendencies that would just have any type of reptile you could think of. 
<laughs> yeah, I could think of a few kids in my grade too or yeah. in my school. Yeah, 100%. And then, um, all right, so the next thing I got on here is yesterday, Colorado legalized sports betting. Oh, which, wow, I didn't know that. Great move. The world's going to have to yeah. fall suit. I mean, the rest of America. Yeah, there's no... There's no doubt the entire, you're right though, the entire world, like everyone's going to be looking for ways to recoup from this mess and legalizing gambling. And marijuana. Legalizing weed. Weed. Yeah, but gambling is like, but to me, tops weed all day. I mean, the amount of money they must make from gambling and states, I can't even imagine. It's probably insane. You'll see both of those federally legal soon. They have no choice. Yeah, time to invest in uh, all these casinos that are doing jack shit right now. And hope for the for for the future. MGM, I'm a, a holder on myself. Penn Gaming, and I've been waiting the DraftKings stock. I'm I'm gonna jump on at some point soon. Yeah, well, dude, the yeah. DraftKings stock is the one that kind of is leading the way with the Colorado announcement today. They just announced a Pennsylvania partnership. My guess is DraftKings has like at least 50 partnerships signed up its sleeve that they're gonna just release every few days. Because at the end of the day, it's probably so easy right now for them to get states like wanting to push through legalizing gambling because they're all just, I mean, for the reason we just said. So DraftKings, I think, is positioned great for this new world we're in, especially because like you could play casino games on there. So it's not even just sports. Oh, no, they're positioned great. I just more am short term a bit concerned about all these people without work. Yeah, they're no, pretty- for sure. Well, it's um, going to wait a little. Yeah. Well, so speaking of people without work, I saw just before that Starbucks is opening 85% of its locations in the next week in the United States, which is awesome. That is good. And yeah, and they're saying by the end of June, it'll be 90%. And they seem pretty fired up about things. Um, Do you guys, I mean, obviously, Mike, we talked about this a little bit, but definitely it's worth talking about. So Warren Buffett had his annual investors conference, which he held online, normally does it in person, biggest investor conference in the world. And he sold all the airline stocks, set the world in a panic. But here's the thing. The stock market ended up being up today. Did you guys see Warren Buffett? I mean, obviously, everyone yeah. looks a little ratchet right now because we haven't been able to get oh, yeah, haircuts. When you take a 90-year-old and make him ratchet. <laughs> he looked, he looked yeah. so shaggy. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, the guy hasn't had a haircut like me in eight weeks. But when you're 90 without a haircut, it, <laughs> you know, it's different. That, you know, yeah. I'm not a Warren so, fan right now. He cost me a lot of money on that airline crap. Me too, big time. Yeah, now, my take on Warren Buffett is not real, which uh, you know, I get it. He's too old to understand the future of tech, but that's a whole nother conversation. And that's the thing, though. That's where it's crazy because when Warren Buffett says something, people still follow it like it's a religion to the point where airline stocks are down huge. Everything's down huge at first. But at the end of the day, he is getting up there. He did miss. You're right, Dan. He just sold all his airlines. Now watch what happens in a few months. He's getting up there and has been making a few mistakes the last few years. Not only not only did he sell all his airlines, but like he bought the airlines just, months ago and, yeah. and then slowly sold them all till they're way at the way bottom. And I think the thing that people don't like talk about enough, they do sometimes, is at the end of the day, Buffett's like 
uh, old school value investor. And now we're living in this like growth world and there's just not that much value for a guy like that in the growth world. So it's like everyone panics when Buffett's not buying up stock, but things were a lot different when he was buying up stocks. We were just like in a different atmosphere. And I'm not saying that at some point we won't go back to that. Who knows if we will. But right now, it's just we're kind of, things are a little different than they you used to. You didn't have institutional investors to compete with back then either. That's a lot of the, the big thing with Buffett. Like before the VC days, he was licking his chops is the reality. Yeah. And now and, he has and, the leverage points he used to have. Well, I mean, he's got like $168 billion in cash. He's got more yeah, but leverage. It's still than not the same game as you know, being the only player in town. Yeah, and also people are trying to compare Buffett having a bunch of cash now to 2000 when the dot-com crash happened because apparently Buffett had a ton of cash then. But it's not like Buffett then put that cash into the tech stocks that went up 10,000% over the last years. Yeah, so, you know, that was... uh, That's actually a great point you bring up, Dan, because when I think of Buffett not understanding Amazon 20 years ago, it reminds me of 2020 Bitcoin to a T. <laughs> like when you really think about it, it's not understanding the future movement of something and just being like, yeah. oh yeah, this this makes no sense to me. Amazon, what? I mean, no, for sure. It's, it's, very, it's very relative when you think about it. Back then, Buffett was like 70 something. All of a sudden you have this new e-commerce wave. He doesn't understand. He thinks it's a fad. Yeah. And I mean, he's always been very true to what he likes to be true to, which is things that he could taste, things that he could touch. So like, he likes stocks like Coca-Cola. He liked the airlines because he knows how to go fly on an airline. I was told I shouldn't be flying anymore. So it's like, well, dude, yeah, you're 90 something. So that was like a health situation. And you also have private jets. So the hey, whole oh, commercial anymore. It's like, why were you flying commercial? What was the I mean... Yeah, Buffett was sitting there drinking Coca Cola out of a wine glass while he was doing his conference. <laughs> it was the. I mean, like was the, one of them. Wait, fuck it, let him enjoy himself. The guy's a billionaire in his nineties in quarantine. I would be sipping Coca Cola out of a wine glass too. I'd He's probably been doing be sipping it his whole life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He eats like shit, drinks like shit, and is a billionaire. I guess that says something. Yeah. I mean, it's funny so, how like usually you know you you we always talk about how like fueling yourself, feeling good about what you eat, all those things, and then there's Warren Buffett who's just like the exact opposite of that, <laughs> where it's like, hey, there's always anomalies and exceptions to the rule, right? COVID like scared him from the airline stocks, but he's just been putting poison into his body for since he's yeah. ninety for know, ninety years. Yeah, yeah, it's like, come on, man. I know. It's funny because especially we'll have to put up, maybe Jeff could somehow edit in uh, a little blooper from when Corey was talking about the different things that you could do with Coca-Cola because (laughs) Coca-Cola is like, it's like a sick chemical (laughs) that you could just use to like destroy anything. But dude, there is something like Paul had a Coca-Cola in his fridge that just (laughs) opened from a while ago. I I just, for some reason, had a sip the other day and there's that... Oh yeah. There's that refreshing. There is nothing more refreshing to, at least in my opinion than a, that first sip out of a Coca-Cola. 
dude, uh, I, I, the first of sip of, for, for me, like, we yeah, have soda or like a ginger ale. Just oh, that. Yes. Oh, and man. I turned myself into sparkling water over the years. And Anthony yeah. always gives me shit about this because he's like, dude, that's just disgusting. But it's a <laughs> mental game I played with myself of I can't drink sugar like this. I was getting out of shape and all that. You know, finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to trick myself into thinking this is soda. So at first, I close my eyes and chug. And eventually, now I love sparkling water. Yeah, I love it. All the flavor, the new flavored ones, they're so good. I mean, every brand has them. Yes. I, I don't mind it. But, you know, we're not, Anthony likes his Mountain Dew. I, that's something I just, I went through a stretch with Mountain Dew, <laughs> and then I got scared off as a kid because I heard there was something in there that made you not yeah. have firm anymore, which for yeah. some reason, when I was 13, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was it was called like Mellow 7 or something. Mellow 7, yeah. And I think Matt Angio was like screwing with me to an extent with that. Like he took that to an extreme. And you know when you hear things when you're like young and it just sticks with you? That yeah. was one thing that always stuck with me. And I have him to thank. I, I don't think I've had Mountain Dew since I was like 13. That was probably like a genius marketing move by Coke to probably. release this rumor that whatever was in Mountain Dew was going to like make you not produce as much sperm. Dan, you're okay. that definitely was something a Coca-Cola like war room thing would be like, okay, guys, let's dig up some dirt here. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now that we like know a little bit more about like the behind the scenes world of what goes on, I actually think that's exactly what happens. Probably. It wouldn't, it would make yeah. a lot of sense. They have that kind of pull. So my last thing on the news or current events is like, I feel like Elon Musk has kind of lost his mind a little. I think the quarantine is getting to him. That guy, he's always had a lost mind. He's been lost from his mind. So he basically, I mean, obviously he's been calling out the guy. I'm not talking about the Corona on this podcast because everyone's just fatigued about the Corona, but he's been getting all fired up about that. We already know that. And then last week he tweets that Tesla stock is too high. He tweets that he's selling his home and rid of all of his material possessions. I don't know what's going on with him. He's prepping everyone to go to Mars. Like he's getting everyone juiced up for his launch. He's probably already like in his head. Like, I'm heading there now. Like this is probably Elon Musk. Like it's funny. Like that people start new habits, routines from this whole pandemic. Musk is like, I'm getting to Mars now. Twenty years sooner. It's happening. <laughs> so he's getting rid of all his stuff because he's leaving the planet. When I heard, yeah. him, I'm like, oh, that's all this is. It's a marketing ploy for his next startup behind his current business. That's all. This <laughs> Could you? Could you imagine if Elon Musk were to just like out of nowhere vanish and like the, the different conspiracies or not even conspiracies, but just ideas that people might have theories on what happened? Like I if we woke up, he's going to clone himself and be like the first human cloned and he's going to what's going to end up happening. He'll work with like Teladoc and all of a sudden there'll be this announcement where Trump's going to have Elon Musk on from Mars and then there'll be another Elon Musk at Tesla. And everyone's going to be like, wait, what just happened here? And it's crazy. Two things that just happened. I colonized Mars and I started cloning people. So, it's, cra- it's crazy how like that's obviously ridiculous, but it's not even that crazy. Like that that could happen. <laughs> like quarterly joking. I'm kind of yeah, exactly fiction here. That's how much I respect that, dude. You could say the most outlandish shit. But it's possible that he's working on it. 
Yeah, I could definitely see him cloning himself. Like that's he doesn't do well with idle thoughts. Like that's not a guy. It's like he'll think that he's probably so annoyed at himself for like ever wanting to be lazy. Like Elon, why don't you just have a you know have a slice of pizza, go watch TV? Screw that, man. Like I see him having this inner battle of like just ultra efficiency for humanity. He's like, yeah, that's what I, was, that. I was thinking yeah. when you were saying that, like I could totally see him just being like, wow, like I have this big house and all these things. Like I don't need any of this. Yeah. Let me just burn all this down. It's funny that that would be a funny SNL skit. The whole like inner dialogue of Elon Musk. <laughs> just talking to himself back and forth, like yeah. his mind and his inner body. Like what an angel and devil is like in his head. Like that. Whole and then thing. right randomly turning to his like pet robot and being like, wait, was it you yeah. <laughs> or was that my internal thought? Wait, did I, is that Elon two or three? Did I, or did cloning not start yet? I, I forgot. Yeah. I would love yeah. to have dinner with that guy and figure out like what I want to know what his banter is like. Like I remember when him and his brother have that rule, no work in the hot tub. Remember that? No, we can't talk business. It's like, so what is that chat? Like they're checking uh, the hot tub having a brew, what are they talking about that's not work? I mean, that's honestly where I feel like I would not really understand what he was talking about. He would be talking about things that were just above my head. It would be and cool, you know, because it would, it would he'd, he'd start talking and you'd be like, wait, is this like, what language is this for one? And what the fuck do I have to be thinking about now? Because they just probably around that train of thought. My guess is him and it's his brother that he said that with, right? Yeah, and Kimball. And my guess is they're just like hardcore in like physics. They're so into physics. No, I know, but they and, and the rule of thumb, they can't even my guess is they purposely it's like me and you saying no food delivery talk. The physics thing is like that. So I yeah, guess probably. That <laughs> yo, we're not doing this tonight. There's probably so many triggers for them that naturally get them to just start talking about physics. They might like, actually yeah. like keeping things light for certain things. You got to think there's some sort of like, is Elon Musk, has he ever said like, oh, did you check out the last dance? No chance. But what is well, maybe? Well, here's the thing with Elon Musk is Elon Musk, he, he's been, he's had a lot of relationships and like not necessarily successful and some have worked, some haven't like anyone else, well, but for worked. him to, what? None of them have really worked. Like they've, but still know. for him to like be in a relationship for longer than like a night, he has to come off as clearly he has to be able to relate to other people yeah, and not you know, if you're a girl with like, Let's be real. There's certain it's it's like anyone opportunists out there with Elon Musk as a potential suitor. Just the story alone of, a, oh, I dated Elon Musk. No, I know. But I think it's there's two people in that relationship. I think Elon Musk would not be able to necessarily entertain the thought of being around someone that was like below his level if well i'm kind of like uh, contradicting myself here because i want to end up saying that he is who he is and well, no i know you know he had to go into that mode a few years ago i think he worked on that a lot too of going into like social elon mode where it was like oh i'm gonna be a playboy now and start like being a human because there's no doubt even like seeing him on an entourage episode a while ago the guy went through a stretch of being like high-end just work, 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 and then got so paid and successful. Finally, I'm sure he had some dude like, come on, man, like, enjoy yourself. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's starting to 
enjoy like the fruits of being he loves, the thought, he, he loves the thought of that and then is around it and it gets very bored i i think it's something where he's like this shit is like cool like parties whatever hot girls like i think it's stuff that he does very kind of like dances around to just do it and moves on from it quickly yeah but then you see he like makes an appearance on the joe rogan podcast Dude, got to be. He loves attention, of course. Well, exactly. He, I think, he likes actually being in that world and you know wearing leather coats and driving baller ass. Well, uh, he obviously, a lot of that always comes back. I'm sure subconsciously, it's like, oh, look at me now. Well, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that's also what's driving this whole like him being so beyond angry about our country right now because he worked really hard to even get to our country. He grew up in South Africa. He like hated the way it was there. And he probably looked at it as like the biggest privilege in the world, being able to make it to the United States and then make it in the United States. Well, he and now he's for his business, having people locked down. So yeah, I almost think he doesn't care about that. He cares more about like the, the idea of, people being forced to be locked down. That seems to be what's like driving his insanity but, more yeah, than anything. That's the genius of Elon Musk, then, isn't it? When you think about it, he's great at taking psychology and flipping the script on it to make it like a humanity thing, no matter what, which is the marketing genius in him. He For always sure. That every time you look at it, I went over that with Chori a few weeks ago. I'm like, Greg, you can love or hate Elon Musk. The guy is a master at scripting the narrative in his favor, no matter what. He knows how to do it. It's an art. Yeah, I mean, it's guy definitely thinks on a level that I don't think on, but it's it's cool to follow him on Twitter. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> makes me feel connected. Corey, what do we got? Uh, food for thought. Uh, so food for thought. We want to talk about Cinco to uh, Cinco de Mayo since tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. Let's see here, and I uh, just got some fun food facts about Cinco de Mayo. So a few here. We got 81 million avocados are consumed on Cinco de Mayo. Wow. And obviously that's for the demand of guac. We have, um, I didn't know this, 360 tortilla manufacturers are in the United States and they source all the tortillas for Cinco hey, you de know Mayo. What? Maybe we could start in a Lodell a delivery distributor for one of those. Seriously. That's top of my head right away comes to mind. Yep. I mean, that's a good idea. And then over 700 million in revenue is spent on or is made on beer. Is there a one day? Beer, Corey? Like is Corona, have you seen any trends this year specifically? <laughs> yeah, that's, I was thinking about that. I haven't seen the report, but Corona was leading the way. I'm, I'm definitely interested to seeing what the stats are after tomorrow for this year. I guess like are people, I'm assuming people are staying away from Corona beers. I don't know. Which is so insane, Tag. <laughs> or like the the world is that stupid. I just don't understand how that's actually like resonating anywhere in someone's head. Like, oh, I, dude, no. It's like what? I mean, do you? There was like a percentage of people that thought that Osama bin Laden was Barack Obama. No, I know. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Someone thinks that though. Is it someone that's trying to be cute? And no, I think there's like, people that are like so dumb and yeah. have never been educated and they literally just don't know anything and if they oh, hear coronavirus just and they come up for water once in a while like i don't get what yes how, how does that work 
I mean, I dude, you gotta realize that's like majority of the country. Like that's when you go country. out, I'd say there's ten percent of the country, Dan, at most that has. No, that. Dude, that's that's why President Trump is the president. It's people like that that put him in office. I know there's other people too, but if you like removed the major metropolitan areas from our country, you are left with people who think the coronavirus comes from the Corona beer. Well, I mean, I think there's a, when you go into that though, it's like very small parts of those places, right? Like, it's not like, oh, you're in East Bumblefuck, Jersey. And people are like, Osama bin Laden's president. Like, I I mean, just, uh, there's a higher of the population, no doubt, like a a percentage that has that type of ignorance. No doubt about it. And hold on. Let's just say that the whole... Obama versus bin Laden thing. That's like, that's a whole nother spectrum of being but you're dumb. To any, but, that, you're saying anyone that just is ignorant to the point of that. That's a great I'm saying anyone. I mean, I, I would throw the same people that, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to put these two people in the same category, even though I'm not saying that they're the same level of dumb, but they're the same level of ignorant. The same people that are going on to physical protest against these shutdowns, even if you think the world should open up, the people who are doing that are the same type of minded people that are just like beyond dumb and think that the coronavirus might come from the corona, think that a guy named Obama might actually be bin Laden. Like there's a lot of stupid people out there and like a lot more stupid people than I think we even realize because we've always been so close, like major metropolitan areas. And that's just not the reality of the real America. And that's, what's crazy is like, I don't think, I don't even think any of us really do know the reality of like the real America. It's like I mean, yeah, I think just there's drive about an hour, and you could be figuring that out. Like, <laughs> well, dude, you're you're right though. If yeah. I did do that, I could figure it out. But I haven't done that, and I am in like a more liberal a liberal spot. Like I'm in Charleston. I'm not in like the South. Well, no, I am in the South, but I'm in like a liberal part of the South. But there's no doubt that you know people have a different way of viewing things when they did not grow up around what we grew up around. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so on the next one, enchiladas are among the uh, most consumed food on Cinco de Mayo. And then we got, so this is interesting. I didn't know this at all. So pinatas, which obviously people know you, you hit it, bricks, candy, kids love it. And they're used to celebrate on Cinco de Mayo and it actually originated in China and Ooh, yeah, not Mexico at all. China. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last one is that Cinco de Mayo lands on taco Tuesday. So will you guys be having tacos tomorrow? Come on. hundred percent. Tacos, nachos. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't really, I was actually wondering this morning, I was going to put something up on this. You know, well, Mike's finishing his thought there. Charleston's like kind of reopening like today, tomorrow. There's like balconies now. You can go have food on, drinks. I'm like, I'm 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 going for Cinco. Yeah, are you and Danny going hard in the paint on a party tomorrow? Fuck yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like hearing that. What what's the deal? I don't even know, but apparently like everyone's going out for some Cinco de Mile happy hour and I'm going. I mean, That's look, awesome. I'm, I, I, I was I was at like a campfire on Saturday. I've been I went on a boat with some people. Like I've been kind of easing into being around more and more people. It's probably irresponsible of me, but like whatever. 
Just, I, mean, I think everyone's fatigued. Corey, you saw, I mean, I know you're back in Jersey now, but even yesterday with the weather, it's like people in New York, it was like, all right, I'm done with this shit. Let's get like back. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. senior citizens walking around, no masks. So at some point it's like, all right, well, they don't care. So like, I really think we're at that point. It's like, let's go. Like we got to yeah. just start pulling the trigger here. We shouldn't ease into anything. We should open open floodgates. I'm sick of the easing. Like I want to completely like, you know, I like, it drives me nuts hearing Bo de Blasio. I cannot stand uh, it. Yeah, he is the dumbest. Walking schmuck. Oh, do this, do this. It's like, dude, you're walking around in a park telling people not to do that. You're going to a gym telling people not to do that. Get out of office then. Very simple. Yeah, he, Stop being a walking contradiction. If you don't want people doing something, don't be doing it and showcasing yourself. I've seen yeah. that one now twice. And you could tell he's so bitter that Cuomo just got on another level of attention than him. Through, and, you know, reputation-wise throughout this, he turned into a winner. De Blasio. Yeah. Dan, basically, de Blasio is the mayor of New York. Cuomo's the governor. And you can no, just know. they have, like, a bitter rivalry. They always have. But now... The, the the real winner from this obviously has been Cuomo, De Blasio. The exact opposites happened, and it's just like the gap just keeps widening. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Cuomo is just like a clear leader, regardless yeah. if you like him or hate him. He's a leader, and and De Blasio is just an idiot. <laughs> just, I don't like hearing De Blasio, even like looking at him. I'm just like, dude, get out of here! Like, who he just looks like him? a he looks like a goof. He's just a big mook. Big mook. I was just gonna say that, Corey. He looks like a big mook. Like yeah, that, that sums it up. And not to bring up coronavirus, but did you guys see that actor from uh, the Bronx Tale got corona and then uh, had to get his leg amputated because of a blood clot? It was like a couple days ago. Yeah. I saw that as uh, pretty gruesome. And he's only like 35. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw the singer of Stacy's mom, Fountains of Wayne, died from corona. Oh, man. Stacy's mom got answered. Stacy's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that song. I'm craving some Mexican food now. Yeah. 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 Mexican. yeah. Only because, uh, yeah, it just doesn't work out. I know. Connell, the last time I got Mexican, Sean loves this whole vegan Mexican crap. Never doing that again. Yeah. I tell you, man, the whole notion of like, when you're going hard in the pain on a certain food, go with it. If yeah, you get from it, don't eat, go eat a salad. Connell, we go to this place a few weeks ago. This was like right before this was happening. This, this, I don't know what it was. Ja, 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 plantain Mexican or something. Oh yeah. I know that place. People that like eating that kind of food for sure. Like stellar reviews. We got there and Sean's like, dude, this is great, huh? And I'm biting into this. It tastes like chalk. It's like, <laughs> This. It's like this is not a pork cornita. It's a fake one, and I'd rather go and eat pork at that. Yeah, point. I, Sarah gets mad at me all the time. I, I sometimes get this place Al Horno. It's not vegetarian. It's just like a healthier take on Mexican. But she's like, dude, if you're gonna eat Mexican, just do it right. You I can't, completely agree with you. Can't Sarah. eat healthy Mexican. You know, <laughs> it's just not a top ice cream. I tried it once and threw it out after one bite because it was gross. I was like, I'm eating ice cream. I'm getting Ben and Jerry's or Hagen Dazs. I'm yeah. not going with some sugar-free crap that tastes then, like pickles. Yeah, shit your brains out all night. Yeah, you're, you're actually healthier going with the regular stuff, ironically. 
Yeah, it's, it's all about portion control more than anything. You can I wish whatever you want. Sorry. But yeah, I can't do that. So. You know what I will tell you though? Those mini, what's clever, those mini haagen things they've come out with, the mini cups, you know, like the pints that are like miniature. Yeah. Those things are phenomenal because it doesn't make you feel like an asshole after eating. Yeah. Like, I saw, I, yeah. I, I I love that. I saw a pizza company just sell like one huge slice of pizza that it's frozen, but it's like real New York pizza. And it's like only 280 calories and they what? market it as like, yeah, 280 calories, but it's just one slice of pizza. That's genius marketing. See yeah. that? That's yeah. Cause that's what people, where they get them a lot of the time. Yep. So I, I thought that was interesting. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. Guys. Well, we got Dan Sands on next week, the attorney by trait. And uh, we got some good guests coming up on the mix. Jake Udell's coming up in June. We got Hala Taha, Young and Profiting Top 10 Trending Podcast right now in self-improvement, which is really dope. Girl that grew up in our town. We have to solidify the date. Hopefully her family is recovering. We got uh, Mike Roll tomorrow on on a podcast. Oh, yeah. For Mazar's. What is the deal with that? Can you send me the details? Yeah, I give her your email. She should be sending you a link, um, but I will make sure that's all lined up for you. What, do you know what this is about? So yeah, Howie Dorman, Jeff's dad. Uh, he is, I think, the head of food food and beverage for a company called Mazars. Nice. And yeah, they just kind of interested in Lodell and everything that we're doing during this time. A lot of his clients are like French clients, like LPQ and Mason Kaiser in the city. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Ridiculous. Great call getting us on another. I think that's something we got to start thinking about now is getting ourselves on other podcasts too, because that's that's a great way to build our brand. Just yeah. like getting oh. people on ours, vice versa. Yeah, and good to just network and, and chop it up. So that should be interesting. Excited to hear that. Awesome. Mike, we also have Carrie, uh, Carrie Carlson, who's got two awesome yeah, businesses. You're sorry, you're that she'll be say? great. Carrie Carlson's the woman that's coming on May 28th, I believe it was. Nice. That, uh, yeah, and she runs a couple of businesses and has like a whole importing, exporting thing going on with Asia. It's really cool. You'll, 25th, you'll like right? What's up? May 25th, she's coming on. Yeah. And we got that Chris guy, the Zoom at noon beast, like fitness personal guru guy coming on May 18th. You guys all love his energy. This guy is so cool and just all in on the whole, just wanting to help everybody. It was real cool getting to talk to him. Nice. So nice lineup coming up. Let's keep cool. at it, guys. That's a wrap. Let's right. go crush some dinner. All right. I'm going to go order a little dinner. Uh, subscribe right. to our YouTube channel, please, everybody. We really appreciate the support and love. Have a great night. Bootstraps in the trenches.
tell she lies. 